Agent Pursuit Business Mastery is produced by CIR Realty and presented by Kirsten Fabron and Lindsay Smith. CIR Realty is the largest, most productive real estate brokerage in Alberta, Canada, and has remained independent and Canadian-owned since 1983. Learn more at agentpursuit.com. Enjoy this episode and subscribe for more great content. Hey everybody, welcome to Agent Pursuit. We are on today with Amri Amenkwa. Amri, thank you for being with us. Of course. Um, some of you, we've had Amri on a few years ago, not on this show, but um, this show, but we've had you in to speak about working with builders because this has been a thing you've been doing quite successfully for a long time. And thank you for sharing your knowledge. You're most welcome. We appreciate it. Of course. So to kind of kick things off, tell us a little bit about your real estate history. I have been a realtor for almost 14 years. I started at Century 21, the professionals, which doesn't exist anymore, and ended up at CIR uh, about 10 years ago. I think my 10-year anniversary is in February, so Ooh. Yay, I'll be looking forward to my watch. Congratulations, <laughs> absolutely. I picked the watches. They're a nice watch. Yeah, they're nice watches. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so um, I did that. I was a real estate paralegal before I was a realtor. I worked in Colorado and Calgary, so it helped me to learn like the contract side of things. So it was just kind of a natural progression into real estate from there. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm really bad at following questions, so I'm just going to say, have you been, when did you start working with builders? Is that on here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, about four years ago, I actually bought an infill myself. I used to live in the suburbs and I decided I want to transition into inner city just so I didn't commute as much and be more centrally located for activities with my daughters and stuff without downsizing my current home size. I wanted something kind of similar to what I had, but not in the middle of nowhere. So I bought an infill, which led to relationships and friendships and interests that I didn't know that I had in new home construction. and. That just turned into kind of a little niche market career for me in infill builds. That's great. So, okay, so now to now to set everything up again. Um, <laughs> now that Kirsten just jumped right in. Um, it's a pretty basic question. Which is perfect. Well, I want, I want to take, talk about two sides because I want to talk about you working with builders on the listing side of things. Then I also want to, a little bit later on, we're going to talk about you can work with um, buyers and representing them working with builders, because you've, you've been on both sides of, of right. the, the coin on that. So, um, so we're gonna start with on the listing end, like you said, when did you start? Um, and what I love about what you said is that you didn't have, um, there was no request for proposal put out, you weren't on a website, and it's like, we're looking to hire a realtor to work with our listings. You just met people through relationships. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very good, very good. So, so let's ask this now. Based on your knowledge, you've met a few different builders now that you've worked with. What are builders looking for in a realtor? I think the biggest thing is trust. Like they need to trust that you're not just trying to sell them something quickly to get a listing, like sell them a story about the amount of money you can get them or whatever for their builds. They really need to like, the whole no like and trust thing is very real, but I think the trust is probably the most prevalent part of that. They also need a realtor that understands the market conditions and the different things that go into infill construction. There's a lot of different things with regard to city regulations, timing, lot purchases, land value. You have to really understand the challenges that they face as builders and be able to empathize and help work around things that they might come across and be creative with your ideas. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into making that relationship work and I feel like as time goes by and you do more deals with developers over and over and over again, I learn and they learn and we learn from each other and you get to understand that Emery understands this so I trust her to continue to have her represent me and I can bring value f 
because of things I learned from them as well. Did, did you know any of that going in Nothing. to work with their first? Yeah. Not a thing. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I used mean, to think my value was helping them pick wicked tile and beautiful light <laughs> fixtures and paint colors and picking up lights and suggesting plumbing fixtures because I love that part. Like I love the design part of it. So the construction side <laughs> and like the city side was dreadfully boring to me. But that. that's the part that can like make or break it for them on their when they cash out, right? So yeah. depending, like they can run into extra expenses and things along the way that they don't anticipate. And as totally. they become more seasoned builders, they learn things that might've stung them in the past. So like we grow together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, again, sorry. <laughs> so, but it sounds like, so lots of realtors start working with builders once the house is up, right? And then a builder hires a realtor to sell the house. So right. from what you're doing, especially with the infills, it's from Many times it's from ground zero right. up. So yeah. you're not just selling the house. You are really part of the entire concept to infrastructure to marketing plan yes. process. Yeah. That's great. Finding land, I think, is a, a big value that I bring as well. Like being in the industry, I say the industry, like the infill industry and getting to know other infill agents and really niche areas and things like that with respect to land. Being able to bring them private land deals and things that are off market and knowing that they're not overpaying for a piece of land or what the neighborhood values are, looking for restrictions with land that might be a problem, watching for corner lots that might have setbacks, understanding lot coverage allowances and size of buildings on lots is a lot of the value that I think that I bring now that I understand it. <laughs> so, Before it was just tile. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is gonna be beautiful. <laughs> but now it's like, no guys, this is where you're gonna lose money. This is where you're gonna make money. This is where you're gonna save money. So things like that are really important. And timing the market as well, like understanding when is a good time to break ground, how soon you can break ground, how long a development typically takes, what market your developed pro product is gonna land in for sale. Like you don't want to finish in November, that's not ideal in Calgary. We know the market trends are yeah. similar every year over and over. And also knowing like duplex infills, you can get your development permits within one to two months. But if you're doing like a single detached home, it could take up to four to six months. You need to have the land cleared and the sites marked where the houses are gonna actually be where the structures are. So if you're just representing a builder and you don't understand these things and they're a new builder and they're going into the city and they're getting roadblocked and they're like, I don't wanna carry this property for six months while I wait for permits. Like I thought I could build right now. Yeah. So things like that or like, Moving an electrical box could cost you $15,000 if there's like guide wires at the back of the property. So there's so many little things wow. that you have to just understand that can cost them a lot of extra money. So it was there a basic question. You didn't take, did you take a course? No. Because that's I, a lot of information. I learned on the fly. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. So did you, did you have builders who were really willing to work with you and to walk you through some of the stuff that they knew? Yeah, like I built mine that I live in now and right. I, I got in it was framed so I didn't get in from like ground zero ground zero but I'm also building another one now in Richmond so I've learned things about like restrictive lots like RC2 lots like the contextual control lots where the city has more control and say and neighbors might push back because the building is proposed building is too big or you need like a shadow study because it's going to affect the, the ladies that, garden next door or, the fact that they have wow. these things called shadow studies yes. like, wow. where the sun hits yes. it to, so you yeah. learn you learn as you go and like I'm always learning and they're always changing codes and things like that. So I think it's a blast. Like it's not your cookie cutter transaction, but there's also a lot of ways that you have to be careful so that they don't get stung and you don't get stung or you also like there's so many little things. Like you could pull a title, you could be a realtor that assumes like an RC2 lot you can build two structures on and then you pull a title and there's a restrictive covenant prohibiting you from building 
two separate structures, even though the size of the lot is there and the RC2 is there, there's a caveat or there's an RC, and then you can't. So the builders now bought a lot thinking they can build two detached homes on this land because it's 55 or 60 feet across the front and they can't build what they want. So the profit they thought they were going to make may have just got cut in half and then they want to shoot you. So <laughs> you have to be so careful. Yeah. So, wow. So, so take us through now because... <laughs> so the best part of that is what are builders looking for in a realtor? Yeah. So a million things. A million. A million. So this isn't like some easy thing to get into. Not really. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. And lots, lots of builders have experienced the stuff that you're talking about. They bring to the table themselves. Of course. In some cases. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting the way what you're talking right now because you're acting as a consultant. There's all this preamble. Um, this isn't just Jack and Jill and their two kids coming in to buy the house in Tuscany that right. has been, you know, done. So. So take me to the structure and the win for you on this. Uh, and, and so we're gonna kind of, I'm going to kind of ask two questions here. Um, are you taking an additional consultation fee for this? Are you involved in the land acquisition? So you're getting commission there. And then when you sell it, are you charging extra commissions since they might sell more than one? Are you helping them out and giving them a break for a business relationship? Tell us about compensation. We don't need to get this any is numbers. A, this is a lot of work. Like everything you just said, like that's yeah. I mean, it, that's it, a lot more than like I want to buy a home in Tuscany. Yeah. What period? What, what keeps you working with builders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next question. <laughs> I think it's a blast. I think it's fun. So I really enjoy it. So I don't feel like I need to nickel and dime or charge for extra education or things that I bring to the table because yeah. it's just I feel privileged to be able to buy and sell infills and find land and things and. I like to learn and grow, and I certainly don't profess to know everything about it. There's so you are a million involved, things I don't know. You are involved in the land transaction. Yeah. Yes, like I'll find them the land and okay, say, perfect. hey guys, this looks like a great parcel. Yeah. Size-wise it works, neighborhood-wise looks good. It's not totally saturated with built-in fills already. Then I'll make the call to the city, planning and development, consult with their architects, talk to them. We'll check it out as much as we can, pull title, look at the documents, look for restrictions, things like that. Like corner lots can have setbacks as well. Like there's actually a list with the city of uh, addresses with potential for future road expansion. So the city's claiming like four or five feet of your lot already. So you buy it, you can't build what you want. So there's a lot of things like that. And in terms of commission, in a down market, sometimes I'll give them a bit of a break, not give my shirt away because yeah. I need to make an income as well. But I will keep them going because they keep me going. So it's kind of like a osmosis relationship I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair yeah you're right because you get you get so much business yeah. from that you're the go-to for a lot of these people yeah that's great yeah you're so smart oh yeah right so smart <laughs> I've learned a couple of things but yeah so always learning uh, you know we've actually talked about this one in terms of challenges you've run into we, we've talked about that but um, what are a few of your favorite things about working with builders? Just the, the challenge, like you said, or what else is there? Honestly, I love the design and the construction. I don't like the electrical plumbing, framing, concrete part of it, but I like like, you look once, like electrical plumbing, once it's framing, drywalled, kind of girl, yeah. <laughs> let me at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like feature walls and cool things with stairs and glass paneling and just learning different things. Like I love the design. I think in my perfect world, I would like to be a builder myself and just make my own designs and stuff yeah. like that. But I've also consulted with them on the plans. Like they'll send me plans and say, what do you think of these from the architect? And I'll say, this looks good, but maybe do this as a pocket door, changes to a barn door so you can walk. Like you start yeah. to see the same stuff over and over again. So you pick up on different little things. Interesting. And I feel like so many of them are so similar that if they do anything different, people love it because it's like we've seen 40 of these and yes. they all have the same layout. So yeah. dazzle me with something different. And once those 
ones come to market, they usually sell a lot faster. Um, a, a question specifically on infills right now, because I've heard in the office that there is, and I, and I, and I could be wrong, different office than you work out of, but people are having a tough time selling their infills right now. Mm -hmm. So is it, what is it? I think a lot of young professionals left the inner city when the oil and gas market kind of tanked. And I think that took a lot of jobs away. And it took a lot of people occupying the inner city dwellings, which are infills, away. Yeah. So there's a lot more inventory right now sitting empty. And builders were building at a frantic pace because infills were selling relatively quickly totally. in the last few years. So yeah. they were building them as quickly as they could sell them. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of stopped. And the builds still needed to finish and come to market. So there are some neighborhoods that are pretty saturated with listings now. They are getting picked up slowly. But it is there's excess inventory right now. But I do feel when so the you, market. But you don't think it's about it's not it's not the product that like because I always wonder like is it suddenly just nobody is that into infills anymore or is it just that that demographic is a I little sparse? The, and also the mortgage rules they hurt the move up buyers yeah, and a lot of the totally. move up buyers yeah. are, are the, the seven infill. to nines, which is the infill community. So the mortgage rules really killed that market. And if we look at if we look at cities and metropolitan yeah. centers, everyone's moving towards density. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is moving towards more construction in, in higher dense, you know, and in, in away from single family homes in the inner city. And I, I think that that is going to be a trend that will continue as we see the markets recover. Right. So, I mean, I think that, yes, while there's been a break, because typically they're higher priced homes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're beautiful what the, the builders are doing in them. So I just think it's a matter of affordability. I agree. Um, right this second. So, yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And I do feel so market ask. rebounds, the inner city typically picks up quicker and Absolutely. moves out to the suburbs. So I don't feel like the market is in trouble as much as it's just slowed down a little bit right now. That's cool. good. Builders are still buying land and building infills and they're still selling. So you got it. City will never stop. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> totally. no, exactly. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who's obviously not going to be working with builders you work with, but someone who is looking to say, you know, it'd be nice to represent a builder sometime and try that game. What advice would you give to someone to get in the game? Mm -hmm. Just learn the market. Just really, just really dig deep and learn the market and visit people in the areas and speak to them and find out about land value and like, saturation in terms of how many infills are already built and weighing that against like neighborhoods that are kind of up and coming as infill neighborhoods and helping them ascertain where the best place might be to put their money in terms of land acquisitions and stuff like that. Can I ask a, again a rookie qualifying question? So I had, I had a phone call with a realtor last week who was brand new in real estate and she said I want to start working with builders but for her starting to work with builders meant that she wanted to work, she wanted to be one of the realtors that homes by Avi selected, right. for, ex for example. So can you just do a little bit of, um, so the same question that you just answered, people who want to work with builders on that level versus people who want to work with the builders you work with, mm -hmm. what are the two routes to that? So I guess maybe you answered question number one. Yeah, I don't really know um, what the best practice would be to get in with a big builder. I've never tried to do that. Um, I have gone in and represented a lot of clients in show homes and spoke with show home reps and things like that. But I would think just showing an interest in their product and trying to speak to the site managers and the area managers and just showing your enthusiasm to learn about their stuff because they're always thrilled to show you their beautiful things that they build. Right. So Good point. So just showing up and asking to see the properties. Yeah, and bringing buyers in and asking to do separate marketing pieces. If I could maybe take a few photos of your show home on my own marketing, would you guys mind? And just be eager and excited and 
I feel like builders are usually really excited about the things they build and they take a lot of pride in the things they build, big and small builders. So if you like love their stuff really and genuinely can show that you care about what they care about and you take pride in what they take pride in, I think they'll like you as a person and it'll just go from there. That's great advice. Yes, yeah, there's no secrets here. And even speaking to our realtors, some of them are working with, call it the big builders on that side. Um, it's the same thing. It's like they're, it was a relationship. Mm -hmm. They went in, they met the people, they talked to, they just continued to talk to people, continued to keep in touch and adding value and enthusiasm and they had a new fresh ideas and that's it. And now it's yeah. you know, a time where, I mean, you've experienced it where if the market turns a bit, then some product gets a little bit tougher to sell. And so, you know, you're trying to keep your builders happy, making mm -hmm. sure that, you know, things gets done, but there's opportunities where um, now builders are trying different things and, and it's an opportunity for, someone different to come in and, and um, build relationships. So yeah, um, just keeping up. But there's, I think one of the biggest things on this side in terms of getting builders is exactly what you said. It's like, you didn't have the experience at the beginning. You, you went in, you showed enthusiasm. Yeah. You had fresh ideas. You had a passion for the product. Mm -hmm. And then people gravitate to that. Yeah. And that's with anybody. That's all, ever, I've ever seen realtors who've landed builders. It's all that. It's never, uh, it's, it's never something secret of a tactic yeah. they've had or a yeah. certain website they visited. Um, it's not. Um, it's still relationship-based and emotional. Totally. There's emotions there. Let's, as much as you think that there isn't, there are, there are. Totally. Yeah. Let's change the perspective now. Let's talk about, because um, you also have worked with a ton of buyers moving to the big builders. Mm -hmm. um, so let's change perspective on that side. Um, what do you say to someone who is looking to get into a builder now and or a buyer and they're looking at a new build but they say well why would i need a realtor why wouldn't you need a realtor yeah. <laughs> that's a two-hour yeah. conversation yeah 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 give us your gist um i guess you just i and i know we talked about this before when i first started no no, no but assume we haven't talked about that yeah okay but it, it, how so you're you're timid when you're a new realtor and you're like what value can i bring yeah yeah we have a video that's called working with builders um sorry jordan i got really loud there uh, <laughs> i see our sound guy going jordan going in um, so she has a video called Working With Builders where you spend two hours literally going through everything you can look for and stuff like yeah. that. So take us to sort of a higher level here. I'm a client, I'm like, well, we're sitting down having beers and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm also, we'll use you to look for this, but I'm also thinking about looking at some new builds and you probably mm. can't help us with those. Mm. Right. Just knowing what to ask for and educating your clients to look past the glitz and glam of the staging and the aesthetically beautiful show homes that they're standing in because at the end of the day, that's not what they get. They get a bare bones, empty house and you get the construction that they've delivered to you and that's where it ends. So you have to really look into like the guts of the house and like making sure that they've spent the money in the places that are gonna pay off long term and giving you like a well insulated house with great efficiency and proper installation in the attic and things like that. Like you can ask for all the fancy add-ons like the built-ins and all of that stuff, that's obvious. But really the bones of the house, I think, and also helping them ascertain what's going in in the community around them. Like Because a lot of times mm, you buy a house on spec and you're looking at like true. a plot of trees and yellow and red squares with blue dots on them and you're like, what is this gonna end up being like? So yeah. how close are my neighboring homes? Like, is it like a zero lot line? Do I have a side yard? What am I looking at out the front? What am I looking at out the back? What amenities are going in? How many have sold? How many haven't sold? Like just looking at the bigger picture and also just being really aware of what the construction of the house is going to be. And if you have, for anybody watching, I'm not a realtor, which is why I have these questions. But if you have a, if something goes wrong, I, I would assume that if you don't use a realtor and you're buying a new house, 
and as the client who bought the house, and let's say a year into it, things are going terribly wrong. If I didn't use a realtor for representation, then I guess it's just me and the builder kind of one-on-one -on -one versus if something does go wrong or if you do have questions and you chose representation, that you probably have your realtor in your court a little bit on that purchase who might have a lot more experience in asking tougher questions and getting things done than just like you being super emotional that like your skylight fell through. Right, yeah. You definitely want someone to represent you with a big builder or a small builder because the builder reps in the show homes are working for the builder. So essentially they're gonna write the contracts in the best interest of the builder. They're not gonna say, oh, did you know you can ex extend the warranty on your building envelope from five to seven years for an extra $400 at our expense? Like they won't tell you things <laughs> like that. They'll just sign what they sign so that they can give you the basic baseboards and the minimum insulation per city code and things like totally. that. So you wanna have someone representing you for sure in that transaction, more I than even a resale home, I think. Are there some builders Without and I don't name any names, but are there some are there some builders where, off the top again, without naming names, where there it's very obvious that they're all about them, and there's other builders that when they're writing up those contracts seem to be a little bit more client focused, or would you say they're kind of all this all the same in their approach in terms of I'll always represent me better first. I think that builders do care about their clients for the most yeah, part in I Calgary. That, yeah. I wouldn't want to smear a builder and say they only care about stealing your money and running. Like I feel like they do take pride in their builds and their construction and they do want to win awards because there's the build awards. And yeah, and get referrals from other people too, Absolutely, right? right? And they want to provide good aftermarket service and follow through on warranty calls and things like that. So I think it's in the builder's best interest to be like that. I haven't ran across any like really horrendous experiences with big builders. They've always kind of been about customer service and I think that just speaks to like intelligence in our industry in terms of like where we are and what you need to succeed as a builder, big or small. Yeah, yeah. because there's options out there. People have options. Oh yeah, you tons. Deliver. Yeah. Um, tell, us about, tell us about finding product because this isn't all listed on MLS. In fact, you know, mm -hmm. uh, some or even none of it, uh, barely any of it is sometimes. Um, so how are you doing your research? So if I said to you, Amel, I'm looking for a new two-story house, um, double garage. What are my options for building on the south side of the city? That's a big, big area. But where would you start with that? What about a buy level? Let's, let's make it tough. <laughs> make it tougher. Don't give her a two-story. No, but it's like, but again, a but buy it's level. <laughs> I want a buy level. And <laughs> I'm heading to the communities with the big lot, nice. and I'm knocking on the doors. <laughs> I'm be like, I'm this lady. Yeah, exactly. really wants a buy level. So particular. Who grew up in the '70s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, I really travel neighborhoods and I work in a lot of the same neighborhoods over and over so you can kind of see like what goes up for sale and the land sizes and things like that. In terms of the like suburb stuff, I would just head into the big builders and look at their site plans and say how much land did you guys acquire, what are you doing with it, what style homes are available. So you're doing some like two feet in the concrete and uh, looking at some websites and you know, out yeah, there like hit, you got to do some legwork. Like equity. you can't yeah. find it all online. Right. And strategically, they don't put everything online as well. So you need to show up and you need to ask questions and speaking to people like not just the builder reps, but the construction guys. Like you can learn so much in a half hour conversation over a cup of coffee. So nice. yeah, just go talk to people. Are there any websites that you or any, can anything online that's your go to if you're looking to something? I don't usually because I'm always up on what's coming because I'm not always, I'm not always up, but like I know a lot of the developers and where they're demoing next and what's coming next and what lots they've just bought. So I kind of have 
coming in fill inventory in the back of my head even before the houses go down. But I know there's the new listingservice.com that Milo Anderson started. I don't know if that still works, but he does have a lot of builders registered there. And, and have you ever used I mean, I don't know if it still works. Like, I don't know if it's running still. I think it is. Milo, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But plug for Milo. Um, I think that's a great website. <laughs> but I don't know if it's still up. But I don't know if it's still running. But I think it is. So, yeah. Cut. <laughs> I think it's still running. We'll double check. It is absolutely still running. But that, but that makes sense. But I, but I guess for you, you, you just know. But for I was... My reference for the question was, there's probably a lot of people watching right now that are listening to you speak, being like, wow, like, I don't even know where to start. So the question about the website was, you know, if you don't know all of these different places to go, would there be a recommendation for someone to be like, you have a client that asks you this question, you right. probably don't have three weeks to start today going into every single community. Right. What would you do Just in that situation? Just search the builder site. Just search the site. Try to nail down right. community and the type of home that they want. Because I think a lot of a lot of working with buyers is actually getting them to commit to what they want yeah. because they change their minds so much and you can yeah. run around and find them and they're like, oh, you know what? We forgot to tell you, but three days ago we decided we don't want this neighborhood anymore. Totally. We want this one and we don't want this house. And oh, and yeah. we want to decrease our budget too. And you just like, <laughs> 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 like it's a lot. So trying to just get them to commit to a product and then approaching the builders. You can phone as well. Like if you can't find things on the web, there's usually not pricing on the web. Phone and just say, what do you guys have coming? How much do you have left? Uh, are there spec homes available? If you have builders, that, or I'm sorry, buyers that want to customize everything start to finish, is that opportunity available? Because a lot of people love doing that. I think that's like a lot of fun when you're building to just design it yourself. Yeah, makes so, sense. So how do realtors ensure they get paid? Because um, there's a process there. Well, the big builders have the builder registration form. So you have to sign that with them because of the CREB rule, I believe. It's the CREB right. rule. Um, in terms of working with a developer, I, like an inner city infill guy, I would approach either the realtor representing them or them directly if they don't have representation and just having the conversation and being like, hey, look, I have a buyer for this, but I would appreciate being paid properly. Are you agreeable to pay me this much if I bring you a buyer? And 99% of the time they're like, of course, they're great and totally. they're ready to pay. They want to sell their products and they want to be fair. Nice. Oh, great. Yeah, because yeah, you hear so, you hear. Um, I guess, you know, it's, to, it's just like people will, will more often go online to write a bad review than to go on and write a good review because you often hear about realtors who are just livid because they didn't get paid by a builder. But I think in markets like this, specifically when it's a little bit tougher, um, those stories go away a little but bit. But how can you not get paid if you have the proper paperwork signed before you present an offer? Yeah, well, that's it. And but then that's Absolute, the thing. Absolutely. You, but even and one of the things to watch is that if your clients have already walked into a builder, uh, and there's no builder registration for them. Lots of times the builders are like, well, no, we're not going to pay you because we brought this person to the table. Mm -hmm. like, this came from our marketing. And I've actually had that situation where I've had clients walk into show homes and make relationships, not make them, but begin relationships with sales representatives. Mm -hmm. And the only way I've found getting around that is to have the clients insist on representation. Right. Like they're not willing to move forward without their realtor. So pay my realtor or we'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And I feel like if you have the conversation with your client and they understand the value that you bring, they would be insane to proceed without you and they wouldn't want to. Yes, totally. absolutely. And at that point, are most builders like, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to lose the deal because right. we're not going to pay a realtor. Exactly. Yeah. What about builder's pricing? Because is it negotiable? Can you negotiate on it? How does that work? Everything's negotiable. Like it. 100%. Even in hot markets, I find if they won't move on price, you can get creative with your asks yeah. and get extra things from them because at the end of the day, they want to sell their products and move on. 
and just as much as the buyers want to buy and we want to sell. Everybody wants to do deals. So, yeah. Yeah. Just find something. Ask for stuff like landscape my entire yard. Just don't give me the front yard with a tree or build yeah. me a bigger deck or, okay, expand my garage or give me built-ins in my daughter's room or upgrade my baseboards and casings or like there's so many things that you can ask for that would cost you a lot more money to do yourself than a builder could just put on the house for you. And that's a good thing to have a realtor with you as well because you would have no idea. Right. Most people would probably feel uncomfortable even bringing that up mm -hmm. where a realtor would be like, give me a steam shower, give yeah. me AC. Yeah. <laughs> you can't ask for a heated basement floor if it's not already there when you do the permits and plans, but there's like, ex you could do like <laughs> wiring for, yeah, <laughs> you do could this. do wiring for um, electrically heated floors in the ensuite and the secondary bathrooms or like there's so many little things. Perfect. Yeah, and, that's and really cool. So what about the most common things? Because you, you just, so keep expanding on that a little bit. So when you work for the builder, what are the most common things that clients need to watch for or um, ask for from the builder? Mm. Like you talked about landscaping as an example. Like typically they're just getting a, a, a yard with a tree. Like what are some yeah. of the ones you're like, oh, you know, and you talked about insulation. Mm -hmm. Talk about a few things here that the clients uh, most commonly you see that it's like, oh, you need to upgrade this or upgrade that, or what are the things? Um, there's limited room to move because once they have their plans approved, they're kind of stuck to build by the plan without going in and paying for revision to a plan. Got it. And if you don't get in with a, an infill builder early, for them to be able to do that is going to cost some money and they're just going to pass the cost on to you guys or your right. buyers as well. So um, things like like you can change out glass railing, you can put in extra built-ins, you could do a box coffered ceiling, you could expand the deck, you could have rocks and fancy landscaping outside, you could change your stucco, you could, like there's... So, so this is stuff things. that doesn't affect the building envelope, the building plan, like, so right. you're talking about looking at some of the interior finishings right. and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Things to be mindful of, on aside from like the finishing side, is just making sure that the warranty's in place, which it is because the city mandates that you have to have proof of warranty when you go in for your construction development permits. Right. So that's usually given, but I would still, as a realtor representing an infill buyer, ask for proof of warranty, just showing that it is registered at the time that the plans were registered so that you know the warranty's there. Warranty coverage is standard, I believe, now as well, so that's not really something you need to get into. I would ask for a copy of the occupancy certificate, which is just the city signing off on the final inspection, saying, yeah, this house is ready to be occupied, so ask for a copy of that. Um, have a home inspection for sure, because even builders miss things that trades do accidentally and trades don't know that they do like holes in shingles that leak water into attics that run into kitchen walls and things you don't see when the house looks perfect when you're walking through with the green tape totally. but uh, like I can't even stress enough like a million percent have a home inspection on a new build don't assume just because you have a warranty that everything's perfect because people make mistakes the house is built by humans hundred percent yeah 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 love it yeah so watch for that as well so when you're working with your when you're working with your clients your buyer clients what do you, what, at what point are you saying I should be at these appointments, I should be meeting with you? Is it a kind of a handhold process or do you let the builder do some of the work and you come to part of it? I'm always there. They're always I like to there. Be there. Every time they're there, I want to be there. Nice. I don't want to miss a conversation or have something take place that I'm not privy to just because I feel like that's where the ball gets dropped or things get misinterpreted. So. I suggest to someone with a buyer to do like a two week out walkthrough, like a green tape walkthrough and have the builder there 
ask them to come so they can meet because when people know each other rather they than on contracts, it's so much better. Yeah. And they usually laugh and have fun and make friends. Like they're going to be yeah. ongoing dealing with the builder totally. for warranty stuff over the years. So it's better for people to just get together and the sooner the better. And then also don't do like the walkthrough 48 hours out because there could be stuff that they need to get a special trade back to fix or change or something like that. And that's not going to happen in 48 hours. And then you're forcing holdbacks onto contracts that weren't written in before. And then the lawyers are because hating you, us and because, because you weren't proactive exactly it's, so yeah. give it a couple of weeks if the build's almost complete and do a walk through a couple of weeks out with the builder green tape go through talk about things plus they're usually there and excited to teach you about features they added of to the course. house that you didn't know are they're there. so proud of so proud of their stuff so that's what i think is the best way to do it and then again show up 24 hours before just to make sure you're getting the product that you think that you're going to get before you release your money the next morning and yeah Perfect. i'm always there i like being there Okay, so, so there are some salespeople, I don't know if you've run into this, we've heard it uh, you know, on our CR Facebook page, um, where builders will sometimes say something to the effect of, you know, if you, if you ditch your realtor, you don't bring it, we'll help you save some money. Mm -hmm. um, have you run into that? And if so, how do you respond to that? Or how did you combat that? Um, my guys that I work with, there's quite a few different developers now they're pretty loyal to me because they understand what I bring right and I think they have respect for other realtors as well and what they bring to the transaction so I don't find a lot of undercutting personally I've never run into that myself Perfect. ever okay. um, I think the best way to combat it is just to meet with your clients ahead of time and have a conversation and educate them on what you're bringing to the table and how you're representing them and what you're looking out for them for in terms of things from the builder and also as well on the build side like what you're doing to protect them and not letting them give their shirts away because I feel like sometimes my guys are like, oh yeah, we'll just give it to them. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, don't <laughs> give them all of this. So, so it works both ways. So you're actually helping the builder ways. on the other side. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. So I think there's a, an industry-wide respect there and I don't think this happens as often as people think. Yeah. Well, and I also think too, and you brought up some of the paperwork stuff, is it's, if you're not, I, I, I bet there's some builders. So we had, we had a, Lindsay and I had a meeting recently with somebody who was representing a builder. And she was very frustrated because she said realtors will register their client, drop them off, and never speak to them again. So it's like, you know, the builder's paying the realtor, she's like, but the, but, the, but the person representing the builder is saying, you know, so now I'm representing the builder and I'm basically representing your client and no one's really getting back to me, but you think because it's a builder, we're just going to do so. I'm sure that there's some frustration on both parts mm -hmm. if parties aren't necessarily like the realtor isn't always perfect and the builder isn't always perfect. So I'm sure some of those examples might yeah, also be. Absolutely. Yeah. I really think you're doing a huge disservice to your client if you're not there on either side of the transaction. Yeah. Like, that's what we do. And you I, need to show up. Yeah. <laughs> I got to give a shout out again because on the video that we have working with builders that Anne-Marie did, we also have uh, attachment set of documents that comes with that and you did such a great job of putting together when you were talking about like lot size or finishings and things like that you made a clear list of all the different things that you can look at not all of it I mean but many different things that you know if they're talking to their clients in advance and the client doesn't understand the value of a realtor you outlined that so clear so again working with builders that set of documents if you guys uh, you know, need a copy of that you can email me I'm happy to help with that too so a couple um, we have a couple of minutes so I just want to ask you a question that's not on here but what do you see being really in demand right now? Like the type of stuff that if somebody were to build a house for resale sake, it's, you know, whether it be the colors or a floor layout or double master bedrooms, whatever it is, just something 
in your world that you're like, this is hot. Like you what's should, hot right now? Yeah, you should put. You, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's hot, hot right now? Hot this right is now. what yeah. you should put in your house. Um, bright, light, open, white kitchen seems to be really popular. Transitioning away from the dark wood, light oak floors, like white oak floors, people seem to love. Uh, contrasting colors. So if you have a really, really light with a really, really dark light fixture, it looks amazing. Um, barn doors are hot. I would fill my house with barn doors if I could. Um, what else? Extra Asterisk on that. Is it like, like, is it like some, so you, someone makes a barn door? No, you can get like the really. Do you mean like a real barn industrial door? Industrial style bracketing that you yes. can yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. yeah, and they roll. And you can yeah. do like double barn doors that yes. open like to like a double open wide double, I can't even talk, double opening ensuite okay. to like a really beautiful standalone soaker tub. Like there, I have one builder, he brought in like a black tub from somewhere in Europe. Like just the coolest, beautiful things wow. that you can imagine are coming. So nice. Yeah. Cool light fixtures. Like a light fixture can make or break a room. Like you can have a gorgeous house and then the lights over the island should be like money. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. the whole room, you're like, oh, <laughs> like it's so dome. deflating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah. buy your lights at Costco because <laughs> people don't want to spend 800,000 on a house and go, oh my God, that's my kitchen light at Costco. So yes. yeah, put some money in and finish them nicely. Cool. What about bedrooms? Do people want like five bedrooms or? Um, Three, three up, one down seems to still be popular, which is good because it's really what the lots allow. Um, upper bonus rooms are nice for like hangout spots, but then you're usually compromising on the secondary bedroom sizes. So that's something cool that you can design and change if you're just like a young couple that doesn't want to have kids or wants to have a kid or would rather have a home office upstairs. Hardwood upstairs is becoming popular. Floating oh. stairs with glass paneling. It's like you can spend $35,000 on your stairs if you want to. <laughs> like you can do a lot of stuff, so. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, I was just welcome. curious. Yeah, no you problem. see a lot. All right. So wrapping up here now, um, any other advice you give to a realtor that has a client looking for a new build? Just have fun shopping. Just get out there and talk to people. Shop. Check on the web. Go speak to people. It's a relationship-based business. The more people you get in front of, I think the easier you'll make it for yourself. It's also not like there's new developments that just go in every day. So it's like if you spend, like you work with a client through and you do some research, the next client you get in that area, you're going to have a pretty good idea already oh, yeah. about some of the stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so as long as you're doing your research, and I recommend people just in the research process, uh, just keep learning about new communities coming in and what's available. And yeah. I'm going to ask one more question. It's a quick question. Ah, Always okay. learning. So one more question. Yeah. So you have um, most realtors, person wants to buy a house, and it's for most realtors, it's just obviously um, something retail, right? Like just most people don't even go into the new... Because of your experience, do you find that when somebody comes to you like, I want to buy a house, do you equally explore something that's, you know, an, an, an older house or a retail house versus new build equally? Or what would you, like, do you, is that an offer? Do you not? Or do you ask like, questions? Do I try or, to push infills on everybody? Is that what you're asking? No, me? not, no, not, not infills. But I, I think for somebody like me with, because like just me, myself, I wouldn't know enough about new builds that if I thought I, it was time to buy a house, I would just go on MLS and look at houses. So unless a realtor sat down and had a very a conversation with me that said like, let me talk about the benefits of buying new or the benefits of buying a used house, it would, uh, that would- If I said I want to buy in Cranston, what would you- Yeah, that would probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't me, think like, about it unless a realtor brought up new build. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think about it. And I was just wondering since most realtors don't work with builders if that's something that they're not bringing up or because you do, do you just think to bring up both? 
I don't feel like that's something that I really have a lot of control over. I feel like people gravitate towards one type of product or another already. So, so you don't even have to talk about to either. Me. Yeah, like they'll say, I'm looking for an older bungalow. I want a character house. I want this area. Area is king usually for people. It's more like, I want to be in this area and I have this much money. What can I get for that? And then you yeah. just present all the options. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Amory. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, as always. I no um, always appreciate the value you give and, and your knowledge of the topic. And um, yeah. I hope you guys were all taking notes because she banged off a lot of info very oh, quickly. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being Thank here. You. As always, uh, you guys can find us at agentpursuit.com. This will be posted up there. Um, and it, make sure you guys go to our Facebook page and like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, and uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Have a great week.